Welcome to Leatherbread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso, and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hello, and welcome to Leatherbread. Episode I don't know seventy five I think where we're at seventy five uh, as always your host Slapdog here um, we don't have Scotty but we do have the return of the mythical creature himself some thought that he no longer existed yet he I'm is back, back baby he's back I didn't uh, leave I, you I, didn't I, I'm here yes and we are happy about that you had some ailment that you'd come down with and we had there was just a lot going on in vegas yeah there's, there's a whole lot going on i think uh vegas got me sick and uh i'm back though yeah well it's good to hear drinking yeah well, that was a lot of that uh <laughs> scotty is is not with us as i mentioned he uh he could not make the episode so it is just going to be yeti and i today so welcome aboard we have quite a few things to talk about as always, we've got our news and some uh, some conversation there that I think is going to be pretty interesting. And then we have our starts and sits of the week, as we always uh, we always do. And Yeti and I have brought in a uh, what I think is to be a pretty good list. And I, I I think usually when we do this, we we come pretty prepared. But I really like our list today, uh, so that's going to be pretty good. And then we uh, of course we've got our questions from our Brainiacs. So let's get down to business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. First order of news, obviously, Yeti is back, so welcome back, Yeti. Um, but going into the football side of things, Josh Allen did not practice today, which uh, that puts this week kind of into question. And, and if you own Josh Allen, I mean, you have to be prepared to pivot this week, do you not? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was watching that Jets game towards the end, and Josh Allen obviously was in severe discomfort. He kept on looking down at his arm like, what's going on? And, I mean, if that continues, you have to think that he might not play this weekend, Mm -hmm. right? If he can't effectively throw the ball, then they might as well throw out Case Keenum this week, which if Josh Allen does not play and Case Keenum is a starter, obviously that's an extreme downgrade to the whole offense. Um, I think Diggs is, is matchup proof no matter who they are playing or no, no matter who is at quarterback, but you look at guys like Gabe Davis and Knox, I think they take a severe downgrade with Keenum at the helm. I would agree with that. And, and I think, I don't know if it was Josh Allen or another quarter. I was reading an article today and it had stated that, and I want to say it was Josh Allen, but some quarterback had gotten a very similar injury and they were out for i think it was like four weeks so uh mariota had this when he played for tennessee okay um, that was what like four or five years ago he actually lost his starting job because of it yeah i don't think Uh, we have to worry about that with josh of course of course (laughs) but um yeah i mean it's just something to note It, it is something that um Josh Allen owners be ready and and for those of you that are going against Josh Allen if you can roster the depth <laughs> go pick up Case Keenum is as maybe kind of a blocker I I did that in our dynasty league and obviously that's a super flex league so it's a little bit different um but I'm going against him I want to try and do everything I can to set myself up for success and this guy has a Josh Allen and Diggs stacks so could affect you know the production of uh, very obviously Josh Allen if he doesn't play, but Diggs. You know, as you mentioned, you're going to play him no matter what, but he still could get a downtick in, in fantasy football points. So worth mentioning. Yeah, Next up on the list, I just want to ask you real quick, just yeah. going off of Case Keenum. Let's say Josh Allen is out. Would you rather play Case Keenum or a guy like Daniel Jones who might be available on people's waiver wire? Yeah, I, I guess when I had stated that, I would much rather play Daniel Jones. Um, okay, I. I uh, the rushing upside of Daniel Jones is ever prevalent. And Fastest while guy in the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, oh, he is. He is the fastest guy in the league. Um, but more importantly, Daniel Jones is playing against Houston this week, which, uh, as as we'll talk about, I'm sure um, that offense or that defense is is terrible. So paired with the rushing upside of Daniel Jones, I would much rather do that. Case Keenum was, I grabbed him solely to, because quarterbacks are very scarce in our league and I didn't want there to be any, any, any contest. So uh, next up here is Kyler Murray. Speaking of quarterbacks, did not practice today. 
Many are speculating that it was a hamstring injury, and there are also those that are speculating it's because they wanted to give him a free day for call of duty because at the end of the game last week, he looked fine. So don't know what's going on there. Uh, this was kind of a surprise pop-up thing, and and many are speculating it's for the new release of Call of Duty. So who knows? Uh, John Taylor, he's back at practice. Is he a must-start with Jeff Saturday as the head coach? They have their assistant quarterbacks coach calling plays. What an opportunity for that man! But uh, I mean, what do you do here? What what is what is? Do you play John Taylor? Do you play Michael Pittman? Are they all must-starts? Is Sam Ellinger going to come in and kill it? Like, what's what's the game plan here? What's your thoughts? I think. I mean, obviously, nobody knows for sure what the fuck is going to happen with the play calling, but I almost think you have to plug in Jonathan Taylor this week against a Raiders defense that has been getting gashed by running backs. You know, (laughs) obviously, I'm a Raiders fan, so it hurts to say that. But as a Raiders fan, I've also seen them get fucking gaped every week against running backs. So I think as long as Jonathan Taylor is healthy and we get reports that he's going to see his usual workload or, you know, he's not going to be on a pitch count or anything. I think you have to play Taylor this week Um, with the new coaching staff. I I feel like they're going to keep it very basic for that offense. You know, they're not going to try to get too cute and go back to their bread and butter, which is run the fucking ball, Um, especially with your rookie quarterback being ineffective. Um, Now, do you think they go back to Matt Ryan? Um, that is a good question. I I do think there is a chance of that. Although I think if it were to happen, it would have happened already. I I feel like that would have been announced already at, you know, at this point. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's worth noting that when he wasn't, when Matt Ryan wasn't, he just, he looks washed to be honest. And there's a lot of reports speculating that he's hurt. His elbow is hurt or, or his shoulders hurt. So, I mean, Ellinger might be the only choice that Indy has at this point, which shitty to say right but yeah um i think jonathan taylor is just you have to play him given the volume that he might see this week i would agree with that and then i'm sorry i did not mean to cut you off your thoughts on Pittman? Pittman, i feel like see i i said you you get back to the basics with this offense with the new coaching staff right but I just don't know how effective Ellinger is throwing the ball. I don't know if mm-hmm. he's making the right reads. Like he looks very rushed in the pocket. Um, and I, I feel like Pittman could have a good day against this Raiders defense. That is very, very, very bad all the way around. Um, but I just don't trust Pittman's production at this point. I'd almost just sit him. And, you know, if you have another guy who you're going between Pittman and another guy, I would go with the other guy. Between Pittman or, say, man, I'm trying to think of somebody who is kind of in a similar-esque role as Michael Pittman because he really has, like a Cortland Sutton, you know, that's I think that's a, that's a fair so I would Caliber. probably play Sutton. Um, okay. I, I'm going to touch on this a little bit in our starts and sits, but Tennessee's rush defense is really good, and I feel like the only way Denver could stay in that game is by throwing the ball. So I feel like Sutton could see an uptick in, in uh, volume this week. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'd rather play Sutton than Pittman. I think Pittman's got to kind of be a sit. Like, I think if there's some other guys that you're fringe with, you sit Pittman because it's a new coaching – well, a new head coach. Nobody has called plays before. This offense has been awful. And really, the only thing that I, I am interested in is John Taylor because of what we have seen that he is capable of doing in the past. But, you know, there was a lot of speculation. Did did they start Ellinger? You know, and by they, I mean Frank Reich start Sam Ellinger to maybe save his own career and mm-hmm. – and, um, so there's speculation with that, too. I think I, neither situation is a good situation because, it, like you mentioned, Matt Ryan looked very washed. So um, John Taylor, if he's going to be in, obviously you've got to start him. But beyond that, I, I would stray elsewhere. And I, I own many shares of both in a lot of leagues, and I'm I, that's what I'm doing. Next up here on the list, half of the Green Bay team did not practice today, Yeti. Uh, they aren't sick. They are, they are not on ayahuasca. I think they are just kind of injured. Problem I think they might need a little DM, Yeah, they need a DMT retreat. Yes. I think at this point to do. get back on the fucking same page or something, man. It's been a wild ride for them, and really, you know, I had said on our on our Tuesday's episode that um, can you blame Aaron Rodgers for this, right? And 
kind of not a tangent per se, but we had talked about it. And then a lot of people, you know, kind of lashed back and, and it said, yeah, you 100% can blame Aaron Rodgers for this. And, you know, whether it's his and I, there was a gentleman whose name I don't it, it escapes me, but he had tweeted at us and had said, um, yeah, you 100% can blame Aaron Rodgers because of perhaps the salary that he uh, demanded to stay with the team or his attitude. Um, and you know, that kind of put it a little bit more in perspective for me. And I'm like, that's true. He did ask for an insane amount of money and and they couldn't afford to pay anybody else. And then, uh, that's what he gets is a bunch of young guys. And, and he is kind of not been that figurehead for him. So I, I respectfully, I redact my statement. Perhaps you can blame Rodgers. Yeah, and I, I think it is fair, obviously, to blame both sides of the parties here, you know, with it being Aaron Rodgers' fault and then uh, the head coach's fault and the front office front office's fault for not surrounding Aaron Rodgers with a, another wide receiver after losing Devontae Adams. But it, I feel like it's clear when you watch the games, Aaron Rodgers just is not throwing the ball effectively. No. Um, Obviously, I don't know if that's due to his wider receivers not creating separation, but he's also he just looks a, a, a step slower than he has. Obviously, he's getting up there in age. And we, we kind of alluded to that in the offseason, too, that Aaron Rodgers, he's getting up there in age. He isn't running the ball as well or as much as he did when he was younger for good reason. And it's coming to coming to fruition, you know, nine weeks into the into the season. He just looks you know, him and Tom Brady are kind of on the same trajectory. You know, they're going downhill very, very fast. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with his talent is just going downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, his wide receivers don't help, but um, it's just a shitty situation in Green Bay. And I don't think anybody saw this coming as far as a, what are they, three and five? Yeah, and I think they're, I'm excited for week 13. They play the Bears. So that should be a really, fun, <laughs> really fun outing. We'll see if Aaron Rodgers still owns them. Um, next up, this isn't really anything insane, but I wanted to mention it because I th- this is kind of a hopeful potential, if you've got the depth, waiver wire ad. Uh, Elijah Moore, he is going to be returning to the slot wide receiver role, which is where he played in college. Um, much more... It was He, he played that role very well, and it... I, I think hopefully this will get him more involved because over the last couple of weeks, it's been goose egg, goose egg, one goose egg, you know, so he hasn't said or done anything. Uh, Robert Salah had come out and said like, Hey, I love Elijah Moore's attitude. And so he really, he hasn't gotten in the bad graces with the coaching staff and uh, which is always a good thing. And, and they want to get him more involved. They stated that. So he's 33% rostered right now. I'm not saying go out there and, and, drop everybody to get this guy but a, a potential waiver wire target for for some because he is on an offense that while i don't like justin or uh justin wilson zach wilson um you can't argue with the fact that the jets are winning so it, it might be worth a, a roster stash for you and this this last piece of news here is uh rams head coach sean mcveigh now announced on wednesday that quarterback matt stafford is and the concussion protocol. So the team reportedly discovered symptoms earlier this week. Stafford was placed in the protocol on Tuesday, and uh, you need to find a different quarterback if you are relying on Matt Stafford. With that being said, this does affect Cortland, or Cortland I'm all over the place today, um, Cooper Cup. So if you own a Cooper Cup, I, I mean, I, you still probably play him, but it, do not expect the Cooper Cup-esque results without Matt Stafford in that game. And that's it. Yeah, and I, I think it's worth noting that their backup is Jonathan Wolford. Uh, if you do need a replacement, um, I do not recommend Wolford. But, you know, <laughs> if, it, if it is a, a true game time decision and you're stuck, um, obviously you got to go Wolford here. Yeah, that would be a gross, gross pick yeah, for you. I would throw up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go move on to our starts and sits of the week. Let's get it started in here. Oh, we're changing it up. Okay, yeah, okay. baby. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, I leave wouldn't... for two, three weeks and everything's changing. I love it. <laughs> did you want to start with the start of the week or did you want me to start? Yeah, man. I want to just jump on it. You know, it's, get down it's been three yeah. weeks. I, I miss the Brainiacs. I'm ready to get after it. So get in. I'm going to start off with Cordero Patterson as my start of the week versus Carolina. 
Um, Patterson made his return to the starting lineup last week after missing some time with a knee injury. Um, he saw 13 carries for 44 yards and two touchdowns versus the Chargers last week. Um, now, there is some reason to be cautious with Patterson. Him and Tyler Aljair, they both saw 22 snaps last week, um, but Cordero saw all the goal line work for Atlanta. Um, I do think even if they do continue to share snaps this week, um, they both could have success against a porous Panthers run defense. Uh, I mean, look, last week we saw Joe Mixon take advantage of, of this last Christ. week. You know, he put up put up over 50 fantasy points, man. Like, if you had Joe Mixon and you lost last week, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but Carolina's defense has given up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. And so I think Cordero Patterson is a lock this week. I agree. I am actually, I'm going to flip to the other side of the coin here. Lock and load, ready to explode. Give me Deontay Foreman to start this week against the Texans. Do they play the Texans this week? No, they play. No, they the play. Falcons. I don't know why I did that. Uh, yeah, that's why I, I, I knew that. That's why I, in my show notes, I was like, what the heck happened here? Yeah, they play the Falcons. So we saw what happened when they, when Deontay Foreman played the Falcons two weeks ago, where he went 26 for 118 and three touchdowns. I don't expect these high of results again, but especially given the fact that Chuba Hubbard, he did practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. So it looks like he probably is going to get back into the fold. But Deontay Foreman, we saw, you know, just like what we saw with Joe Mixon against the, them, you know, this is this is it, right? I mean, the, the Falcons are not good, um, much like the Panthers. They have a terrible defense. And so I think that, that there is an opportunity for Foreman to run all over them. And I think that Foreman is probably going to get the start at this juncture. I don't know what the split and the, the workload is going to look like. And I know a lot of people are asking, hey, is it Chuba? Is it, is it Foreman? The, the truth of the, the matter is we don't know. We don't know who is going to start this game. But if I had to, to pick, it would be Foreman based on previous, you know, the way he has played previously. So um, if you have Foreman, there's probably a reason you have Foreman. It's because you're hurting at the running back position, much like myself. I think you can start him this week, and I think you'll be okay. Yeah, and I, I do think it's worth noting in this in this game, the Carolina and Atlanta game, uh, they're expecting winds up to 30 miles per hour gusts, and then it's Gee. also supposed to Oh, win. yeah. It's so, in Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously both storm. teams are just going to they're gonna run the shit out of the ball. Yeah. Um, Atlanta already does that, but Carolina is going to have to do so uh, even more this week. Mm-hmm. So I love that pick. Uh, play both running backs in that game. Yeah, yes. Um, so going off of that, I'm going to go uh, to a tight end here. Uh, my next pick is going to be Greg Dulcich versus Tennessee. I kind of alluded to this uh, in, in the news saying that Tennessee's run defense is stout, um, and I think that opens up um, a lot of room for Russ to throw the ball this week. Uh, Greg Dulcich, he's been a great uh, addition for Denver since making his debut in week six. Uh, Greg was a tight end three going into his bye week last week, seeing 12 catches on 17 targets for 182 yards and one touchdown. Now, it is also worth noting that he ran routes on 100% of his snaps in week seven and eight, and is second on the team in targets with 14. Obviously, I'm referring to when he came back, which was uh, week six. So we have a a three-week sample with him here. Uh, This week, he gets a fairly easy matchup versus a Tennessee defense that has given up the third most fantasy points and the fifth most catches to tight ends this season. So um, I like Greg Dulcich, and if he's on your waiver wire, I think he needs to be owned immediately. Yeah, he's 55% rostered right now. So uh, he is one of those tight ends that I think is going to enter that must-start territory going forward. So I, I love that pick. Next on my list... Our waiver wire darling from, uh, I think it was two weeks ago now. It really, everybody's waiver wire darling this week. Give me Justin Fields here. So not only has, has he come up on the radar as a potential must start for the rest of the season, but his matchup this week is just too good to pass up on. He's going against one of the worst rushing defenses uh, who are allowing 148 yards per game on the ground. That would be the Lions. So 
Fields has been running all over the place lately, and I, I love this matchup here for it. I, I think that, you know, 148 yards on the ground is you think like, oh, that's nothing crazy. But Justin Fields has been taking some of the work from these running backs as well. So I, I like Justin Fields as a start of the week. And uh, like I mentioned, he is kind of in that must start for the rest of the season going forward conversation just based upon his um, over the last four weeks and in, in his increase in running the ball. That has certainly given him a lot of value. You know, obviously last week, Justin Fields turned into Justin Vick and, you know, he, he took away from <laughs> he did. Uh, the backfield, you know, quite a bit. But I think this is a, a great bounce back opportunity for David Montgomery, who happens to be my last sit of the week. Um, start, like I said, or yes, yeah, start of the week. Sorry. He is my one of my starts of the week. Um, last week sucked for Montgomery. It sucked for Herbert, right? But I think... Montgomery remains the top back to own for Chicago, even though we all think Herbert should take over this backfield. Montgomery Do you has dominated the should. snaps. I mean, he looks better and he's more effective with the snaps, but the coaching staff is continuing to ride Montgomery, and it shows in the snap share. It does, um, but in, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, Herbert's been more effective, like you mentioned, with the runs. So it's it's kind of interesting has, to see. But Montgomery's he's dominated in the volume too. Now, like obviously we, we all think Herbert should take over, but the coaching staff is thinking <laughs> different. So, I mean, obviously maybe I'm they'll re- trust the realize it like here. they realize Justin Fields can actually run the football. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But I, I do think that Montgomery is due for a big bounce back week here against Detroit. Um, as they've given up the third most rushing yards to running backs with 131 yards per game since week five. So I think Montgomery Montgomery could be a good uh, fill-in for bye weeks or even if you're looking as a running back two this week to Mm -hmm. plug him in. Last start of the week for myself. I love, it's Wandale Robinson, and I love the matchup this week for Wandale. And but I, I do, I would be remiss if I said that I didn't have some slight concerns with him as my start of the week. When I'm doing this, I'm trying to find people that like are either on your waiver wire or they're on your bench and you need a plug in kind of person and you're going in between people. So that's kind of why I chose Wandale. Um, Wandale Robinson, he, he found himself as a wide receiver one on this Giants offense after Kadarius Tony was traded to the Chiefs. They have a very easy matchup against the Texans. But the the part of the problem for the Giants, and more importantly, part of the problem for Wandale Robinson, more than the Giants, I suppose, is Saquon Barkley. So the Texans' defense is completely terrible, and they allow the most yards per ground on the game. But in the event that the Giants have to pass the ball, obviously they're not going to run the ball 100% of the time. Wandale is really the lone wide receiver on this team. So... It is a slight risk due to how awful the Texans are at guarding the run, but given the buys, I think he certainly enters that that kind of flex consideration uh, point for me. And like you said, the Giants really don't have any wide receivers at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and currently, Sleeper has Wandale projected to finish around the range of like Gabe Davis and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Like if I have any of those guys, I'm playing Juan Dale over Gabe Davis. I'm yeah, playing him 100%. over Deontay Johnson. I'm playing him, you know, even over Pittman, I think at this point. Yeah, so, I think that's probably fair. He's in a much better I, offense. Yeah, I, I it's I mean, this is I, I don't want to say, but better. I think I, I trust <laughs> Daniel Jones more than, you know, that whole indie offense right now. Yeah, I would agree so, with that completely. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, we'll move on to the sits. I will let you uh, lead the reins on this one as well. All right. My first sit of the week is the entire Denver backfield. Man, what the hell is going on there? What's going on in Denver? (laughs) You know, before last week's bye, uh, the Denver backfield was a complete split with Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray. Murray saw 29 snaps. Gordon saw 27 snaps. So it's kind of like when Javante Williams was healthy. It's just a complete fucking split. Yeah. So then Denver proceeded to trade for a running back. They they traded for Chase Edmonds from Miami. Um, Edmonds was one of my offseason darlings who obviously up until this point has fallen flat on his face. Um, but you just he knew real, he was going to get traded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do think he has a real <laughs> chance to dominate this backfield over aging uh, Murray and Gordon. But 
until we see the backs in action, I think you have to fade this backfield against a Tennessee defense that is only allowing 37 rushing yards per game the past three weeks. That's insane. So I am comfortably sitting Gordon, Murray, and then Edmonds. Just kind of a wait and see at this point. Yeah. No, I I love that take because, you know, I went and grabbed Chase Edmonds off of our waiver wire, and and, um, I am optimistic that, and not because... I grabbed him and I'm trying to hone in on one of my players, but I, I really do think that there is, like you mentioned, a, a chance that Edmonds becomes the lead back in this offense, but I'm not going to take that risk this week. It's his you know, first week playing with Denver against a very difficult defense. I agree completely. You need to prove it to me, to me before you earn a spot on, on my starting roster. So I like that. Yeah, I, I do think Edmonds is definitely worth a stash if he is available on anybody's waiver wire this late in the season. Uh, just because I think he obviously he's much younger than Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon, and he doesn't have as m- many miles on him. He's forty-seven percent um, rostered. Yeah, so I would definitely roster him. He's worth yes. a spot, and if he becomes RB one in that offense, watch out. Yes, yes. Uh, my first sit of the week was actually uh, one of our starts of the week last week. So I'm going to go to the bench and uh, I'm going to put him there. It is Joshua Palmer. So it looks like Keenan Allen is currently questionable this week. And I'm not getting the warm and fuzzies that he's going to play. But regardless if he does or not, Palmer, I, I'm still going to sit. Palmer's been the like the pseudo wide receiver one for this team for as kind of a fill-in guy. He's been the wide receiver two a lot of weeks. Um, but he has an extremely difficult matchup against a 49ers defense, and I'm not expecting the same production that he gave you last week, so I would probably explore some other options. And I, I still don't know if I'd play him if Keenan Allen wasn't playing because the 49ers have a really good defense, and I, I just don't know if he can get it done. Would you play Josh Palmer over, I mean, we keep on bringing him up, and I, I feel bad at this point, but like Michael Pittman. I only bring up Pittman. Obviously, we've been picking on him, but Sleeper has them projected around the same uh, finish this week. I'd probably play. <laughs> That's tough. It, it's man. Not, it doesn't that feel one good. Is, is gross. I think I'm going to play Michael Pittman. So only do because of matchup and because you know you talk about them getting back to basics. I think that that is kind of. I don't think they're going to get too cute, but obviously they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit here. And and I, I think that um, I would trust Pittman more against a Raiders defense than I would against Palmer, who is in all. I, I mean, in truth, he's the wide receiver three on this team that has yeah. really been a, a very integral part of their offense this year. But the 40 he's going up against a very difficult 49ers defense. So I think based on matchup, I would probably go Pittman over Palmer. But that's close. Yeah. No, I'm OK with that. But, you know, to play devil's advocate a little bit, if Keenan Allen is out, I do think the Chargers are going to have to throw the ball a lot in this game. I I think they're going to be playing from behind most of the game um, because I think the 49ers just smash them. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that being said, I think Palmer could see the volume. The volume could be there if Keenan is out. Um, So I would feel comfortable playing Palmer um, as a flex option. Okay. Um, who do you got? Yep. So my second sit of the week is Devin Singletary. Now, obviously, this is with uh, Allen in or without Allen out. Um, I just think Singletary's usage last week was very concerning for fantasy owners. Um, he only saw nine carries and then four receptions out of the backfield. Uh, to add to my concerns, James Cook. Uh, took carries and targets away from Singletary early and often last week versus the Jets. Also, it's worth noting that Naheem Hines is in his second week with the Bills now, so I expect his time to uh, go up a little this week as well. I think Singletary's value and usage hurts for this, especially with the Bills going up against a Vikings defense that has allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs the past four weeks. So I would set Singletary even if Allen is out. I do find it or interesting. Allen is that, in. Yeah. Sorry. I did find it interesting that James Cook was on the field a couple times last week with the addition of Naeem Hines. I figured he would kind of, it would be mostly Singletary and they'd sprinkle Hines in there. So something it, it that that is interesting because the implications there are maybe Singletary loses his job to both those guys down the stretch, 
maybe I don't know. So um, I do like that as a good start of the week, especially given the matchup. Uh, my my second sit of the week is uh, I'm going to take a a note from your playbook, Yeti. I'm sitting the entire Rams backfield. So much like what's going on in Denver. Look, here's the problem: the Cardinals suck. They're the Rams playing the Cardinals this week. Cardinals suck. I know it. The world knows it. I have accepted it. We are not a good team. However, the Cardinals' run defense is not the worst run defense in the world. They're currently ranked 13th overall. They allow 115 yards on the ground per game. The bigger issue is that the Rams' backfield is a big, old, disgusting, nasty question mark, and I want nothing to do with it. You have Darrell Henderson, who last week was on the field 49% of the time. You had Akers, who was on the field 19% of the time. You have Malcolm Brown, who's on there for 28% of the time. It's making this very, very difficult. Cam Akers was supposed to get traded. That was supposed to happen, Yeti. I actually talked with Sean McVay himself. He had stated, I'm really working to get Cam Akers out of here. Unfortunately, He's there were no sleeping with my wife. I couldn't, oh. get him. <laughs> I couldn't get him out. I couldn't get him out. He's staying in L.A. Um, so it, it, Cam Akers, I, I don't know what you do with Cam Akers at this point. What I mean, in a redraft format, I think you can drop him. I think that's a fair thing to do. In a dynasty oh. format, what do you do with Cam Akers? Because he was going to leave. He was going to get traded off. He was going to have a new fresh start with a different team. He didn't, you know, Sean McVay told him, hey, don't come to practice this week. So he didn't even practice. He was basically off the team. They couldn't get a trade done. And then they're like, okay, come back in the building. We're going to get you back into the workload. But what do you do with him for fantasy? I think you can drop him and redraft. Redraft, you drop him. And I, I think for Dynasty, it gets a little interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. I think you can hold him and then you pray that he gets traded in the in the offseason. Yeah. Um, Cam Akers will be, what, like a year and a half removed from his Achilles injury at that point. So maybe he starts looking a little more explosive. Maybe he gets a, a little more juice in his step um, mm-hmm. and he gets traded to a, a good situation, right? That would be the hope uh, for Dynasty, but... I mean, I'm not going out of my way to trade for him. It's just if I have him, I'm just holding and praying. Yeah, at this point. and that's that's exactly what I'm doing. But I would also uh, I would sit any of this Rams backfield going into this week. So that is my second. Yeti, take it away with the third. Yep, my last sit of the week is Curtis Samuel. Uh, Samuel, Ooh, is, you pivoted. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I did, man. I went from uh, Adam Thielen, who honorable mention sit of the week, uh, to Curtis Samuel. Uh, Samuel was coming off a nice top 10 performance last week, finishing with 15.6 fantasy points. The downside, he only had three catches on four targets and 65 yards, uh, but he had a touchdown to salvage. Did you did you see the touchdown? I'm just curious. Did you watch that? I did not. I did not see the touchdown. He should not have ever got that touchdown. And I just I want to state that because it was completely comical. It was kind of like a. He was in he was in the end or he was running into the end zone. I, I want to say he was triple covered. And oh, the ref was there was one oh uh, yeah, I did the ref see was this. in the way. The ref, yeah, knocked <laughs> down like, the defender. He blocks the defender yeah. <laughs> and then he caught it. So it shouldn't have happened. It was a very but, fluke touchdown. Yes. yes. Very I, I remember seeing it now. Yeah. Uh but I mean, obviously that touchdown saved the day for any yeah. Curtis Samuel owners. Um, because the volume is a real concern for Samuel at this point with Heineke at the helm. Um, And I I also think the matchup with uh, Philly is very concerning. Uh, Philly has allowed just two receiving touchdowns to wider receivers in the past four weeks and allows the fifth fewest points to wider receivers during that stretch too. So I am sitting Curtis Samuel. Um, I think Terry, scary Terry is dominating the target share and the volume. Um, And I, I, I just think Curtis Samuel got bailed out last week. So I am yeah. comfortably sitting him. Yep. I it's it's funny though because you know on our docs that we have for the sh- the show notes and everything you have Adam Thielen, and I actually had Adam Thielen as my sit of the week for my last week as well or for this week, um, and then halfway through you know getting all the information together I ended up deleting it. So I think that's a sign. Anybody who has Adam Thielen sit him this week because we have both told you and we both had him as our fringe sit of the week. So as an honorable mention, little (laughs) nugget, I will just say that I wanted to sit Adam Thielen because I feel like TJ Hawkinson uh, is going to hurt Thielen's uh, volume. Uh, 
Hawkinson obviously played, I think, all the snaps last week, and I think yeah, he's he obviously going to continue continue to do so. Uh, but he's going to take away targets from Thielen. Going yeah, forward. and it, you know we talked about him on last episode a little bit. Scotty and I were talking about him, and is a Hawkinson owner, you got to be really happy with that, right? Oh, yeah. It's his first week with the oh, Vikings. Yeah. He comes in and he does that. So great to see. I do agree with you. I think Adam Thielen is going to hurt a little bit for that. Not you know, and and then on top of that, they're going against a Bills defense, which is going to be really really difficult. So um, he's not our set of the week, but here we are talking about him. So send him if you got him. Our last or my last set of the week rather is DK Metcalf. So I'm I've been actually pretty pleasantly surprised with the usability that DK has had on this year because given the loss at quarterback for him, I think we all thought, you know, and we talked about it. You, Scotty, and I said, don't touch DK at his current at his current ADP because no, he is not said, going to be draft him. He's going to be a lock this season. <laughs> <laughs> but if you drafted him, and there were a lot of people who probably did draft him at his current ADP, I don't think they're truly upset about it. I mean, he's he's still had a lot of, of usability week to week. So Geno Smith has looked great for him, and, and DK hasn't been that, you know, had the monster year like he's had in years past, but he's certainly been a great wide receiver two option for you pretty consistently. So I, I would look at other options this week, given the matchup against a very difficult Tampa secondary. They're allowing 187 passing yards per game, which puts them in the top five for passing defenses. Metcalf, he's... He really hasn't proven that he's that one of those matchup proof type wide receivers. He has had boom and bust games. And I think this is going to be a really difficult game for him. So I think if if you have DK, you could probably sit in this week for somebody with a more favorable matchup. And that game is in Germany this weekend, just for, for fun. I don't know any German words. Scotty would be perfect here for this. Dang it. Damn. Uh, Damn it, Scotty. I know. Yeah, I don't know anything, actually. Um, all right. <laughs> well... Uh, we're going to move on to our questions of the week. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Nailed it. I think Did that was, I see because I your always best do it yet. Was it because it's so delayed in my headphones? So I, I have to time it based on what I think the delay is going to be. So you guys hear it in perfect conjuncture. But I said that at least two seconds early. So See, I, I know Scotty <laughs> doesn't give you the praise you deserve, but Thank I you, think Yeti. you nailed it. man. I appreciate that. I think we should get Scotty out of here. Just get rid of yeah. him. Yeah. I don't get need him out of the, the I need, entrances. I need some guys to hype me up. Yeah, exactly. You need a hype crowd. I do. Thank you for, I got for you. instilling confidence in me. Uh, first question <laughs> comes from, man... This is what Scotty's great at, though, is, re- yeah, is I guess reading we can't whatever. Get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Scotty, you're back in. Uh, he's good at reading these these weird ass names. So Dalmano asks us, is Kirk Cousins matchup proof? I know that currently he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback and he's got great weapons around him, but he's going up against the Bills defense. So what's your guys' thoughts? Is he one a matchup proof quarterback? Um so obviously, you know, you bring up the Bills defense uh, right away. That's that's who he's going up against this week. The Bills defense, they have given up the third fewest fantasy points of quarterbacks this season with 11.8. So if I have Kirk Cousins, he has been killing it. But if you look at his matchups, he's been playing very shitty secondaries, very shitty defenses. Yeah. And I think this is going to be his first test since uh, he played Philly week two. Uh, in that matchup with Philly, he only put up 10.8 fantasy points. Um, so this week I might look for other options to be honest with you over Kirk cousins. Um, even next week he gets Dallas who has a very, very aggressive pass rush. Um, so I would honestly look elsewhere this week and next week, but then going after these next two weeks, I mean, you could, I feel like you could plug in Kirk. I also have to say Kirk Cousins while and out after games might be my favorite <laughs> thing ever. Him Dude, and fucking all those chains and back to back weeks. I love it. Oh my God. He is jacked. Yeah. He is freaking jacked. Usually he looks you like a dad and then he takes off yeah. his shirt and you're like, oh, okay, he is a I professional like, athlete. Holy right. hell. This dude is freaking ripped, man. I was just taken aback by Kirk Cousins. I was like, holy hell. And I love seeing that. That was so cool. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think he almost is matchup proof. I think I think that he's 
almost matchup proof. Like Yeti mentioned, obviously those are not great matchups, but given the weapons around him, especially with the addition of Hawkinson, I think it's a great, great tool for him. So um, I'm going to say you don't drop him. Like I wouldn't drop yeah, definitely Kirk Cousins. Don't. So if that's the question at hand and you're wondering, should I drop him, you know, and send him to waivers to fill in, I would not do that. So if worse comes to worse and you have to play Kirk Cousins, I would still do that. But understanding is going up against harder defenses. So next question is from Cameron the God. Should 10 team leagues be a four man playoff or a six man playoff in your opinion? I love this question. I'll let you take it away because you're the commish. I I like six man playoff. I think that is it's way more fun that way. Um when you're in a four man playoff, it's and especially this year is a little bit different, but in years past, when you're playing fantasy football, there's a very clear um, who the best teams are and who the the shit teams are. So when you have a four man playoff and and you get to kind of this time in the year where it's like you you're you have a pretty good understanding of if you even have a playoff shot um, in a four man league, you 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 know that. And so if you don't, it really takes the fun out of it for a lot of people. And then, you know, if you're kind of one of those guys who you don't think you're going to make it, you might stop checking your lineups and it just, it gets less fun. So I like that. The, I, I like six man playoff because I think that it, it opens the door for more people to try and get in and you might be able to even have some upsets in there. So I'm a huge fan of the six playoff four in the toilet bowl. I have nothing to add. Okay. Good, good job. Thanks. Uh, next question is from Stoss. Stoss? I think it's like sauce with his Stoss 52. See, Scotty's way better at this. Uh, redraft Superflex League. Should he drop Kyle Pitts for Greg Dulcich? Dulcich, Yeti. Oh, man. I really wanted to ask Scotty this because Scotty owns so many shares of Kyle Pitts. And I know that I, I want to see if there's bias involved or what he thinks. So take it away. Honestly, and let us know what you think. I don't think you can drop Kyle Pitts. I I know he hasn't been very productive at all this season, but I feel like you can get some kind of value in return just you based so? off his name. I do think so. It might not be nineteen on the year. It might not be anything great, but I feel like there would be somebody who would take a risk on Kyle Pitts at this point. You would know, you take a, a risk on Kyle Pitts yourself? You know, in our league of record, in the league that we are all in you, me, Scotty and our buddies. I personally would take Kyle Pitts because I'm currently ranked number two, uh, seated number two in, in this league. And my team is knock on wood there. I feel like I have a pretty good team. You probably have the best team in the league. My tight end is Tyler Higby or David Njoku. So I'm going back and forth. Now, if See, I can add Kyle Pitts for like a cheap option, I would entertain that. Because I feel like Kyle Pitts, he's due for some pot of positive uh, regression. I would rather have Najoku than Kyle Pitts. Obviously, Najoku, he he's been hurt. Uh, then he went on by, and he I think he's questionable to play this week. Um, he yeah, currently coming is. off that ankle sprain, he's yeah. questionable. But if he's healthy, I think Najoku is a, a little bit safer of a play than because Kyle Pitts is just so sporadic. So um, Njoku is safer, but I feel like Pitts has higher upside. You know, if they he if just Atlanta hasn't hit figure their shit out. Which, I think I'd I rather mean, have Dulcich. That's me. I would rather yeah. have Dulcich, much like you, Yeti. Um, I would try and sell Kyle Pitts, uh, and that would be my first attempt. But my problem being and me going into and that's part of I'm not a great salesman um, because I know what I have and I have trash. <laughs> so I'm trying to sell someone trash. <laughs> yeah, hot that's part garbage. Of yeah. And I'm like, hey, look at this hot garbage. You want it? <laughs> Nobody wants that. So it makes it much more difficult for me to try and sell him. But I would obviously try and shop him for any sort of worth and then get Greg Dulcich. But I, I at this juncture... I'd probably do it because not only that, but Kyle Pitts has a, to, uh, you know, he's got at the end of the year when you're in the playoffs, he has a really hard schedule. He plays the New Orleans Saints for the Ravens and then the Cardinals who are in. So I think I'd do it. I think I would take Dulcich because he's, he's being worked into that offense and he's while the Denver uh, Broncos are not a great offense, they are better than the Falcons. And so I would, I would probably take Dulcich on that one myself. 
Um, next question is from Money Midtown in a redraft trade. Would you trade John Taylor and Gabriel Davis to acquire Tyreek Hill? I would yes. do that. Yeah. Yes. I would 100% do you that. You do that trade and you don't look back. You just yes. hit the send button and accept. If you can get rid of Gabe Davis on any of your rosters, with because he carries worth, right? I, I did it. I traded away him and Joe Mixon. The Joe Mixon one stings a little bit, but the game, getting rid of Gabe Davis, um, I'm happy with it because it, every single week, you don't know what to do with him. Do you flex mm-hmm. him? Do you not flex him? And then you don't flex him, and then he has a great game. So not having to deal with that headache, and, and John Taylor has been very subpar. You're getting, I believe Tyreek is the number one line receiver on the year. So yeah, yeah, he I'm is. a heartbeat. Yep, and with Tyreek Hill, you're getting a guy who is the definition of matchup proof, too. Yes, very much so. Seriously, oh, come on, asks us. It's Lamar's bi-week replacement. Who should they go with? Jared Goff versus the Bears or Trevor Lawrence versus the Chiefs? Um... It sucks because there's so many different arguments you can make for both of these guys. I think I'm going to go with uh, Jared Goff here. I feel like he he has a better matchup here, and I feel like he has a better weapons around him. uh, Yes, in Detroit. So I think. uh, Sorry. Uh, the Lions and the Bears are going to be a sneaky shootout this week. Actually, I'm so. kind of hoping so. I'm kind of hoping off so. putting up another, uh, you know, 26 point type of game like he did versus the uh, Commanders early on in the season. Yeah. So I would go golf. Okay. Um, I would also go golf for very much the same reason. And you could make an argument for Trevor Lawrence because they might be playing down, which could help Trevor Lawrence fantasy football output, but. He does not have the weapons to help him get there, and it's not a good look. So, yeah, I would take Jared Goff. Last question comes from the Shyster 101. This is a really interesting question. So the question is, which one of these three players do you prefer in a PPR league? A.J. Brown, Alvin Kamara, or Jalen Waddle? Pretty interesting question, and, and one that... Um, I think there's arguments to be made for almost every single side here. So I I did bring some statistics to the table to maybe help us um, make an educated assessment. So Alvin Kamara this year has had 49 targets. He's got 36 of them. AJ Brown has had 69 targets and he has caught 43 of them. Yeah, Damn. we need a button for 69. I think that would be a good idea. Um, and then the uh, Jalen Waddle has had 70 targets for 47 receptions. So both Waddle and Brown are very neck and neck here. And then obviously Alvin Kamara is a little bit behind, but he is a running back, which makes it a little bit more interesting. I think I know who I would choose. I can share mine or if you'd like to go first, you're more than welcome to. You can lead it off. I think I would take Jalen Waddle. I think that is the person that I would take because it's very clear that this offense is very... They have a lot of different weapons, but Jalen Waddle has really kind of solidified himself in this offense to be able to live alongside Tyreek Hill and produce very well. My concern, I, I don't really want Kamara. Because he's kind of had those boomer bust games. We saw what happened against Tampa Bay this last week in primetime. It was not good. Alvin Kamara, the whole team did not get it done. They have really difficult quarterback play. And it is it is hindering both the run game and Alvin Kamara as a fantasy football player and, and his output. So I'm not saying Kamara's a bad own. I'm just saying between these three, I, I it wouldn't be Kamara for me. A.J. Brown is close to Waddle. Uh, but... Jalen Hurts, man. I don't even know if that's fair. I mean, he he runs the ball a lot. Tua literally just sits in the pocket and just throws. That's what Tua does. And so I think I'd rather have that. And I, I, I also like the fact that Tyreek Hill is on this team because I think that it helps Jalen Waddle perhaps get open with defenses more. So that's that's my thoughts. I think for me, the argument really comes down to Jalen Waddle or Kamara. Um, okay. I, I like Kamara because obviously he is an elite pass catching 
running back. Yes, he's very boomer bust, um, but I think his rest of the season schedule looks pretty favorable, especially his playoff matchups. Um, in week 15, they go up against Atlanta. Uh, 16, they go up against the Browns. And then 17, they go up against the Eagles. So obviously the Eagles matchup is kind of shaky, um, but those first two weeks are very juicy. And I do think Waddle, as Tyreek is, um, they are both very matchup proof because the Dolphins, they just throw the shit out of the ball and they're both um, getting open with ease at this point, right? But I think... Let me let me, let me me propose it to you this way because uh, looking at, at those same... You know, schedules here. Kamara has a great playoff schedule, but he's got a somewhat difficult um, getting you to playoff schedule. Sure. So, uh, it, if you were one of those fringe guys, does Jalen Waddle entice you more? Because going, you know, getting ready for um, the playoffs in week 12, you've got the Texans, San Francisco, and the Chargers. So, in those matchups, they probably, aside from, you know, San Fran has a good defense. The Dolphins are probably going to have to throw to try and keep up because they've also got Christian McCaffrey there now as well. And then the Chargers have a decently, they're they're all right. But if their offense can keep up, that could be kind of a shootout as well. Does that change your opinion at all if you're a fringe fantasy football make the playoffs guy? Because Alvin Kamara also has his bye week in week 14. Oh, man. There's a lot to play with here. There is. You could go so many directions here. Um, I think the easy answer is you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with either Kamara or Waddle. But if I had to pick one, I still think it would be Kamara. And okay. I, I say that because there's not that many elite pass catching running backs, especially if you are in a PPR format. Um, I feel like Kamara is at the top of the list, right? Like you got Eckler and then you got Kamara. Yeah, as a second, maybe pass catching back. Um, and Kamara is going to get you those goal line touches as well. Um, so he's not just catching the ball. He's obviously running the ball and he's running the ball effectively at, uh, at this point in the season. So I think I would go Kamara just based off a of position, but okay. you can't go wrong with Waddle. And I don't bring up AJ Brown just because I feel like Philly they, I feel like Philly has their playoff spot locked in. So I'm kind of concerned about Philly players going forward. Just because you think they'll they'll kind of rest. And I take think it easy? they will. Yes, I do think they'll take it easy towards the end of the season when uh, fantasy playoffs are coming up. Yeah, I could see that, especially if they continue the trend of just kicking ass like they have. Then yep. uh, that that could be could be a thing. So that's it. I would take Waddle, you would take Kamara, and the Shyster 101, flip a coin from there. Narrow it down <laughs> yourself. We took one out of the mix. And that's it. That's all the time that we have. So we appreciate you guys tuning in to episode, it is 75, of Leather Brains. We greatly do appreciate it. Welcome to the Brainiac community. Go follow us at Twitter on Leather Brains with a Z. And uh, we got a good community of people always talking about fantasy football it's a great time over there and uh that's it that's all we got and we are out thank you for listening to this episode of leather brains if you enjoyed the show please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and youtube as well as following us at leather brains on twitter and instagram if you're looking for specific fantasy advice including draft advice trade insight starts and sits or even if you want our thoughts on your sports bets, please feel free to send us a DM on Twitter for an answer and a chance to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back before you know it.